0: Hello and welcome to More Than Abstract. I'm Prangel and I'm joined by Eric. How are you doing? Doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. So this is going to be the season finale episode. So last episode of the season. But don't worry, there will be another season. We're just going to take a break and then we'll, I'll pick this up again in April or so. So it's uh, about six months or so until I start the next season.
1: Christmas vacation.
0: Yeah, a very long Christmas. I mean, it is September. You know what that means. It's almost Christmas.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, I do.
0: So in the next season, um, it'll be most most of the same. Maybe I'll bring on some new guests. But since it'll be a long gap, be sure to stay subscribed or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back in April. I thought I'd have you on for the last one since you've been in most of the episodes and you you were the first guest that I had.
1: I appreciate it.
0: And looking back on the episodes, I found that I focus a lot on the bad stories that's it's kind of scary. Not always the happy ones. I'm not sure if you noticed. <laughs> uh, I noticed
1: they were interesting.
0: They were neat. But then there's things like, oh, you know, a subsistence crisis or like, hey, what if we don't have water? It's like, well, OK, um, not really happy. So I thought I'd share with you a success story of your immune system.
1: Uh, Just reminds me of Osmosis Jones.
0: Yeah, more of that. So, this whole topic is usually pretty confusing to me, so I asked Zachariah to help us, and many thanks to him. So, are you ready? Ready when you are. Alright, let's start with a delicious cake. Imagine you're at some party with a whole lot of people, and you see a cake in the middle of the room that you really want to eat. Obviously, you gotta have some, but unknowingly to you, there's this little invader in this cake that gets into your system. Nothing too dangerous like smallpox or something that we previously talked about. It's just the common rhinovirus, also known as the common cold. Okay. When do you think was the last time you had just a regular old cold?
1: Oh, well, I've been masking and washing my hands a lot this year, so it's, it's been a yeah. little bit. Same here, but uh, like, when was the
0: last time, do you think?
1: Probably like two or two three years ago two three years ago
0: and i assume it was like such a small event that you didn't
1: even bother about it no really. just kind of felt yeah it was... felt bad for a little bit and it was like yeah i have stuff to do
0: and it was perfectly fine but inside your body is a, is a completely different story it's really a battle uh, in there and i guess i'm going to tell you the the success
1: that is your immune system fun facts um when i was a kid one of my neighborhood friends was like a real little kid like elementary school he was pretending to be a dog, and he licked a puddle, and his immune system lost that that fight and he had to uh, go to the doctor he got some sort of like very rare bacterial disease that like exists in third world countries I do what yeah so okay don't, don't lick don't lick puddles outside don't lick puddles <laughs> they should put that in medical textbooks. <laughs> Licking puddles Excuse is otherwise- Excuse me, sir, you,
0: you walked in here with, uh, with the puddle licker l- with disease. A case of puddle licking. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> he went outside, didn't he? Oh, no. <laughs> Gotta keep that tongue sheathed. So first of all, I should say that if you ate a cake with rhinovirus in it, it all probably went into your stomach and you probably wouldn't get sick from it. Just because some viruses aren't resistant enough to survive in your stomach acid. So once this little packet of virus stuck in this cake, got thrown into your stomach acid, it couldn't really do anything. Like it just it broke apart. It couldn't exactly infect any cells just because it was in the wrong place. It just kind of got trapped and then took an acid bath and that was it? Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, you know, it, it's entirely possible that you ingest many, many viruses that are horribly deadly to you, but they just go into your stomach acid and can't survive there or just somewhere that you know can't deal with. Some other viruses, of course, can survive your stomach. I guess those are called stomach bugs or something. <laughs> but not the rhinovirus. It's the reason why some viruses affect the respiratory system heavily while other uh, while others focus on other parts of the body. In this case, to get infected, you need to breathe it in. You need to breathe in some of the common cold or you just need some to get to the back of your throat and then it does its thing and it, you know, it sucks. Let's imagine that the virus can get to somewhere that it won't immediately die the virus has this stuff on the ends of it that act like spikes when they get close enough to a cell it'll hook into the outer wall of the cell and you know the cell would just let it in okay nothing unusual is going on here just something that has the right hook wants to get into the cell you know come on in join the party so, so now the virus is in your cell and making its way to the, the dna where it'll just become a part of the genome genome sequence and start making more viruses to infect more cells and that's usually the part where the explanation stops like like with covid i haven't heard much about what happens after just that this whole
1: starting thing gets to an infection and then you got the sickness so it gets in there replicates a bunch and then people stop talking about it
0: yeah i i don't like that just like the explanation stops at these like the basics of what you need to know like, I, I, I do want to go into more depth, and that's what we're going to do here. Just, do, you, uh, like, do you feel the same way? Like, uh, you don't get much explanation of the background? Well, yeah, uh, that's after. just like
1: watching the movie trailer and then not knowing what happens. That's, yeah, it's like, man, this would
0: be a great movie. Oh, well, I got the trailer. <laughs> it, in our story, at this point, we have a set of cells that are turned into these virus-making machines. And eventually, it'll... It'll be enough to kill the entire organism if it weren't for an immune system to stop that. In this case, I'll start by talking about something called a natural killer cell that just scours the body looking for misbehaving cells. Uh, kind of like the police
1: walking the streets. Okay, Osmosis Jones, got it. Yeah, Osmosis, Literally.
0: Osmosis Jones. There are these, uh, these uh, cops that are just going through the, the body being like, is there anything amiss going on here? Do I smell a stray protein? That's right. (laughs) How do they know which cell is bad and its neighbor is perfectly fine? Like, how do they keep from attacking just any random cell? I'm gonna guess chemistry. It is a lot of chemistry. You got it there. There's this signaling thing in the body called the major histocompatibility complex that it's just basically a cell is sitting around and it's not infected it'll release the stuff that tells nearby cells, hey, I'm, I'm doing my job. I'm just fine. Nothing to see here. Move along.
1: Oh, so it's kind of like the polling rate on your mouse where it just constantly sends signals of where it is, whether it's moving or not.
0: Sure, uh, I guess so. Uh, I guess the analogy would be if it's in- infected with the virus, it's just a broken mouse. So it wouldn't be sending that stuff out. Yeah, okay. So when natural killer cells run across this stuff as they scour the body, it'll just move on and be like, eh, nothing to see here. But if a cell is releasing this stuff and the natural killer cell thinks that something's amiss, then it'll head over there to that cell and then basically tell it to kill itself. Oh, it's like an internet bully. Like an internet bully. (laughs) Except this way, they have a way to make them the cells to kill themselves. (laughs) (laughs) So there are two ways a cell can die. The clean way and then the messy way. There's apoptosis, which is the cell just decides to die. It goes, my time has come. I, I must depart to heaven. And then it goes and goes from this big blob of stuff into many little small blobs of stuff. It's still got all the organelles and all that stuff in it. It just doesn't have it all together. It can't function as a normal cell that way.
1: But well, it's dead. Will an infected cell
0: still do that if it's told to? Yes, uh, it, it does just decide to die. Um, but it, it it can only do that if you know it realizes oh there's a virus in me oh my god I, I should kill myself before I hurt anyone else and then it just does this apoptosis thing
1: oh like what what you're supposed to do in a zombie apocalypse and not just not tell anybody
0: I mean like if you kill yourself then like you know you 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 don't hurt anyone else it's just the the moral way to go forward in an apocalypse I'm being sarcastic
1: there please don't <laughs> do this in an actual <laughs> apocalypse uh. zombie apocalypse specifically or any kind of apocalypse. <laughs> if it comes,
0: you know, living's good. But if the cell is losing against the virus, like the virus is already in the genome and it's, you know, just replicating all over the place, then it will undergo this next type of cell death, which is necrosis. This is a traumatic way for cells to die. I- imagine, it's, it's how you imagine a cell might die. The membrane is just ripped apart, and all these organelles and stuff that was once inside a cell is just uncontrollably spewing out into the surroundings. So when natural killer cells um, find that there's a cell that's just not doing things right, they tell them to undergo apoptosis, the, the very clean way of dying, rather than the very messy way of dying. But either way, once the cell starts spilling out, Uh, It has this molecule in it that brings more white blood cells to fight this invader. But a side effect of it, it also causes inflammation. So when you're told that you have inflammation somewhere and you're sick with the common cold, one possibility is a cell dies from this virus and brings in more immune cells to fight the invader. Inflammation sucks. Oh yeah, it does. Like, ugh. Can you find a better way of curing me, please? one way one that i don't have to worry about can you just send like an update like can i get a software update for my body to just be like
1: hey we fixed common cold it's okay. a terrible design knees who thought of knees get your designer <laughs> license revoked natural killer cells aren't
0: actually the only ones that fight an infection one other type of cell is called a neutrophile or a neutrophil and it and that basically looks for an infected cell and just swallows it whole okay just sucks up an entire cell inside it and then makes bleach inside of itself and dissolves
1: anything that's there actual bleach actual bleach oh that's it's pretty it's pretty insane micro kirby is scary
0: (laughs) you know one thing i was wondering uh, was how they get rid of the bleach apparently they have like some very complicated pathway to get rid of it once you know, they, they ingested a cell and like it, it split it up into its little bits. It can, they can't just release the bleach out in the body then.
1: So whatever, but. if a person drinks bleach, it hurts them. But cells don't care about bleach. So, OK, it's it's not that. It's like uh, the
0: neutrophil, it, it, it eats up the virus cell. And then inside of that little pocket, it says, OK, it's all right to make bleach. And it makes the bleach, but not everywhere else. Everywhere else is bad. OK. <laughs> So that's pretty hardcore. It's like saying, oh, I could eat a horse, and then you go out and swallow it in one bite and just dissolve it. (laughs) With bleach. With bleach. But if the infection is too much for this glutton of a cell to deal with, it calls on the body to bring on more cells and builds more as well. And that's why your body as a whole doesn't feel too great when you're sick. The fatigue or, or loss of appetite that you get is because your body's too busy fighting, infe- uh, fighting an infection to worry about maintaining itself.
1: Okay, so uh, it's spending all that time and effort pushing resources to where that site of the infection is. Yeah, and it, it not using the energy to run at max capacity everywhere else.
0: Yeah, so if you feel awful, your body's really trying to do something. So in our timeline now, you feel awful. Your body still needs to keep fighting, and now is when it starts to use some strategy. There's this thing called an antigen-presenting cell that goes to the infected site where and takes a sample of the virus that's plaguing your body. It takes this to a, an organ called the thymus. Uh, it's specifically meant for the immune system stuff. And it just takes this sample of things and, and brings it to this thing called a natural or sorry, a killer T-cell, and activates it with this specific bit of virus. One of its purposes is to do, well, what the name implies, just kill more and more virus cells specifically. But it also has the task of activating these antibody factories. Okay. Antibodies are made in the thymus uh, as well by B-cells. And once they're up and running, they'll throw all these antibodies throughout the body and latch on to any bit of floating virus um, that they can, essentially rendering them inoperative. If this were analogous to like a battlefield, killer T-cells could be considered soldiers fighting on the front lines, while B-cells would be in the background taking away enemy bullets, in a way.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: So that's how things go. The antigen presenting cell gets the information, gets, it gets information, takes it to activating the T cells that fight the infected cells. And these T cells also activate B cells that make antibodies. The antibodies are like really important for this, oh, this whole thing just because if you have enough of them strewn about your body, then they can essentially kind of stop the virus from spreading more and more to other cells. As a side note, If there were people, if there were a person that couldn't do all this stuff with B cells, they would be considered someone who is immunocompromised. So it's like really important to have antibodies running through you. Yes. At the beginning, I talked about neutrophils and how important they are. But really, if you have the rhinovirus and many other viruses, the T cells and B cells are perhaps the most important part of your immune response. So in the end it takes about 5 to 10 days for the antibodies to do their work. All these new cells that were made once the job's done, they just naturally die in a few
1: weeks. Oh, so once the surge is over, they don't maintain the higher numbers.
0: Yeah, they they're not always on full alert. But after the infection, you wouldn't be terribly aff- affected if the same virus uh, by the same virus again. And that's because there are some lingering B-cells, the things that make antibodies, that can really quickly just churn them out if they see the virus come back. These, these things are called memory B-cells and they remain for a very long time in your body. They're like the elephant that never forgets. Yeah, they never forget. they like, hey, I've seen you before, get him. I've seen the wanted poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the success story of how your body fights an infection. And that's all I have for you. So, what'd
1: you think? I'm still, like, hung up on the my cells make bleach inside of me thing. Yeah, it's crazy. That is insane. So, if you like this episode,
0: please consider subscribing and leaving a review. Tell us what you think about it and tell a friend. And for supplementary content, feel free to follow us on Twitter at More Abstract. You can find more episodes in April. Yeah. (laughs) So be sure to stay followed or subscribed. Or both. Or both.